Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are talking about Evil Dead Rise. We are. It's the new Evil Dead movie. So is this considered a remake? No. Okay. It so exists. continuation of story. It exists within the same universe as the regular Evil Dead movies, the 2013 Evil Dead movie, and the Ash vs. Evil Dead series. Oh, you know what? I knew that. I watched an interview with Lee Cronin and... No, I think it was just Lee Cronin. And he was talking about how there are now three books. There always were. Yeah. When you watch Army of Darkness, they make mention that there's three of them all together. And this is the third one because they found the second one in the 2013 movie. Okay. And then the first one, of There's course, three. was the now, original. There is thoughts of possibly a fourth book. And there's also thoughts of continuing off of expanding off these books or something like that. Because the books kind of have their own personalities and stuff. So okay. kind of exploring that a little bit more. Which helps Which, explain the difference between like the the more mischievous type of deadites that we saw in Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness mm-hmm. and the stuff that we saw in 2013, the stuff that we saw in this movie, they're, they're all kind of very different types of deadites. Which, yeah, I kind of like. So there's a, I don't know if that was their reasoning back when they made it or whatever, but it fits, you know, you yeah. got three <laughs> different books, three different personalities. They are probably going to behave differently. Right. Yeah. I Well, I think it was just a happy circumstance. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. like, I don't think that the college friends that were making Evil Dead back in 1980 <laughs> or 1979 or whenever it was that they shot it, I don't think that they were sitting there thinking, you know, maybe there's like three books and then we can hire <laughs> other people later when we're super successful guys. I mean, maybe, but... I don't know. I don't know. I don't think... I don't think that's the case. Right, right. Now, have you seen all of the other Evil Dead stuff? Or do you have any, like, missing pieces? I think I've seen everything. Okay. I've seen... How many different movies are there? Well, there's Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. The Evil Dead from Mm -hmm. 1981. Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, no, I've seen those two. Seven, mm-hmm. And then Army of Darkness, 1992. Pretty sure I've seen that one. Then there's the Ash vs. Evil Dead series. Loved that. Fantastic. That was wonderful. Absolutely. And then there's Evil Dead 2013. That's the one I'm not sure on. Okay. If, I haven't, if I've seen that or not. And then there's this one. Okay. And there, there were comics and some other stuff going okay. on between them, but... Yeah, the only one I'm not sure on then is the 2013. I rewatched the original and 2013 in preparation for this movie. At the out at the outset, I made the mistake of thinking, well, uh, these are all interpretations of the same movie, but it's not true. These are all within the same universe mm-hmm. of the original film. So I, I could just as well have watched Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness and maybe even Ash vs. Evil Dead for the lead up here. But I, by the time I realized the error of my ways after I had watched Evil Dead 2013, it was the, our, us going to the movie was upon us. Sure. And, and I, I didn't have time to watch the rest of them. Right. But I've seen the rest of them, or at least the other two movies, enough times to really have a good reference for them, you know. Mm -hmm. So was Bruce Campbell in the 2013 Evil Dead? 
I don't know. I can't pick him out. Okay. I mean, he's he's definitely in the first three, and he's in Ash versus Evil Dead. I don't know if he was in 2013 okay. at all. Okay. Yeah. All right. He is in this one. Who the hell is he in this one? We'll get we'll get there. Will but, we? Okay. But he he is he makes a sort of appearance in here. Cameo, huh? <laughs> is he one of the deadites or something? Or no, no, oh. no. Okay. Well, if you're gonna go with it, he he plays the he's one of the voices in the recording of the priests. Oh, so he's the priest that does the recording. N- not. The main one, but oh. he's one of them in okay. there. He says, destroy it. It's called the Book of the Dead for a reason. <laughs> that is Bruce okay. Campbell in the record okay. that's being right. played. Yeah. I, I remember hearing that line and thinking, yeah, that's good advice. But I guess I didn't really key on who was saying it or hear the, you know, like, I didn't distinguish the voice, I guess. Well, there was that's a lot happening. There was quite a bit going on at the time. Yeah, yeah a lot right. of sound, a lot of noise. You're right. You're it right. would be hard, I think, to pick it up. But I, I yeah. like that they did include him a little bit. In yeah, there, so. definitely. Definitely. Evil Dead was one of those movies when I was a kid that I just, I've rented this like every other week. Oh, really? For a, oh, my God. I loved the original Evil Dead. There were, there were boobies <laughs> and there was... Like Teenage hormones. Blood going <laughs> freaking everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Evil Dead 2 was good too, but I mean, there was something about that original movie. There was a grittiness that just didn't get replicated in the second one. And I, I don't know. I just fell in love with that, that original Evil Dead movie. Now, I did not see it until you and I got together. Well, that was the first time I saw it. You were like, okay, we got to watch this. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, you weren't much of a horror movie fan. I was not. Speaking. I have seen more horror movies each year that you and I have been together than probably <laughs> all together the rest of my life. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> The nice thing, though, is I have become a little immune to some of this stuff where before, like, I didn't watch them because they'd give me nightmares and all that. I do a lot better now. I don't wake up in the middle of the night, like, thinking some deadites staring at me or something (laughs) like that. So I, you know, I do a lot better now. And I think it's just because we've seen so many now. Yeah. I think think the, the numbing of yourself to horror movies is is like you said it's a byproduct but there's it's a double it's a double-edged sword you know like i can pretty much watch whatever but i'm always looking for that next high i'm always chasing that friggin' dragon mm. to like what's gonna scare the shit out of me that's what i'm looking for that's the high that i want is the getting so scared that i'm like oh my god what's gonna happen now you know see now i i'm not completely numb to all of that because there are still movies that scare me and this i'm just gonna kind of tease it a little bit here i guess this did scare me really it did i mean like jump scare is different than right jump scares are just a startled thing that's not the same right i mean like if you're biting your nails or hiding behind your hands or looking away from the screen, you know, it's things are making you uncomfortable. Or even after you leave the theater, if it's like you hear a little noise and you're like, oh, shit, what was that? <laughs> Knowing, I mean, I know it's not a deadite, but at the same time, right. it's like, oh, God, what what's over there? Well, you don't know that for sure. <laughs> I suppose that's true. We don't it know. It could be a deadite. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's not. But. They will swallow your soul. 
Yeah, we got that line back. We got again. a lot of shit in this movie. I like that. There were a lot of they callbacks. were doing these callbacks, but it wasn't so like in your face. Like if I mean, if you're just a casual fan, I don't think you're gonna pick up on some of this stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. But it was there for those that are big fans to just be like, oh, oh, you know, look at that, or like the chainsaw. The chainsaw was cool and then you have the chainsaw the same color of the car mm-hmm. that car that's in all of these other ones sam raimi's car yeah same sam raimi's car yeah. so you have things in there to kind of call back to these other movies but yet it's not completely slamming it down your throat like hey we're in the same universe right you know? well there i mean like a jump from the jump there's a callback like at the very beginning of the movie there's a callback we'll get into it i'll, I'll okay. when we when we talk about it i'll, I'll point it out but but yeah, there's there's lots of callbacks. It's it, but it doesn't rely on nostalgia to make its mark. We have a new story here, and we have yeah. new stuff happening. And it's happening in a completely different area, right? It's normally, not in a it's cabin in, in a Tennessee. cabin, right? Yeah. And now we're in a metro apartment building, Los Angeles. Yeah. In fact, mm-hmm. out in the like way the furthest you could get from Tennessee and still be on the United States mainland, and there you are. You know, yeah. Yep. So why don't you give us the cast and crew? All right. This was written and directed by Lee Cronin. Sam Raimi was involved. He is Mm -hmm. one of the executive producers, and so is Bruce Campbell, which made me feel good. I like that those two are still involved in this. (laughs) All right. We have. It's kind of the way I feel about the new Indiana Jones movie, knowing that Spielberg and Lucas executive produced it and put their stamp on it. Yeah, they're still involved. They're still involved. Yeah. There's, there's, there's. There's connection, you know? Right. Right. They have a little creative input. They probably don't mm-hmm. have a ton. It's probably still being led by other people, but still, they're there. I like that. As an executive producer of a franchise of this size, you have a lot <laughs> of influence, especially if you're Sam Raimi or if you're Steven Spielberg in the yeah. Indiana Jones. I, that makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. So we have Lily Sullivan as Beth, Alyssa Sutherland as Ellie. Gabriel Eccles as Bridget, Morgan Davies as Danny, and Nell Fisher as Cassie. Nice, tight, small cast for the most part, mm-hmm. which I, th- I I admire. I like that. I like the alien effect of the, you're in a, you're trapped in a small area. You got a small cast. It's not covering thousands or hundreds of people. You don't have to keep track of all this stuff. It very much feels like the original Evil Dead in that way. Mm-hmm. There was a handful of college friends. They stumble on the book. Bam, here we go. And you know? they have the nice effect of the earthquake happening where that's isolating them. So we, right. even though we're in metro area, mm-hmm. we're still isolating this group yes. down to a very yeah. small core that they can't get help. Absolutely. Now, this Alyssa Sutherland who plays the main deadite here, the mom. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I've seen her in too much else, but my God, she was great. She was fantastic, and I think this is a bit of inspired casting because, and I don't mean this in a mean way at all, she has a very alien-looking face She's got a very her. slender, A very slender face, face that, yeah. that just lends herself to looking already otherworldly. Yeah. She already looks otherworldly, so when you throw that Deadite stuff on top of her, mm-hmm. she really 
sinks into this fucking role. I also really like the makeup of the Deadites this time. Yeah. Now, before, it's fine. Everything was kind of campy and stuff with the Deadites. You know, it was a little over the top goofy looking. Mm. Yeah, sure. But this, I felt, had a little bit more realistic. Like, you could still see her face in there. It wasn't right. quite so over the top. So I thought that the makeup did a really good job because to me, this felt more creepy than the Deadites in the original movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. I think the Deadites in the original movie, the original original movie were, were kind of creepy on, on their own. Mm -hmm. But I think in subsequent films, they became less creepy and more goofy. Yeah, like which, comic booky looking. Yeah, almost. which yeah. I mean, I think is the aesthetic that he was going for. He, yeah, he wanted to make Yeah, there's nothing wrong with little, it. Yeah, he wanted to make it more of a comedy horror mm -hmm. later on. Mm -hmm. But that original movie, it, it hits hard. It punches hard. Like rewatching it for this. I mean, I, like I said, I'd seen it over the summer of like maybe 1986 or 87. I must have been 13, 14 years old. I must have saw this movie like 10 times. Mm -hmm. So, it, I mean, this is what happens when you can rent two movies for a buck. And you live around the corner from the video store, you know? <laughs> I, I would watch anything that had a horror movie tag on it. But re-watching it for this, for this podcast, this episode, I I really took note. You know, I mean, when you watch a movie for a review, you know, we, we've talked about this. You kind of have a different mindset when you're, when you're reviewing a movie for the show or reviewing a movie for anything, really you're paying more attention to other things, certain details. Mm -hmm. That movie, there are things in that movie right off the bat that are really friggin' dark, like really dark. And I can see why he turned a little and went comedic with the subsequent films because it's really dark. And I think what yeah. that's one of the things that I like about this movie is it plays on those roots mm -hmm. to a certain mm -hmm. extent. Yeah. So. I think, I wonder too if he didn't, go in with the more comedic because Bruce Campbell, he stuck with Bruce Campbell and he's really good at that cheesy comedy Slapstick stuff. stuff. Yeah. 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 He's the good at that. The Three Stooges thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. He is very good at it. Yep. All right. Should we talk about this movie? Let's do it. All right. So in a remote cabin. Hey. So we do have a cabin <laughs> in here. We do have a cabin. Teresa and Caleb are concerned for their friend Jessica, who hasn't been feeling well since they arrived at their little cabin retreat. And uh, Teresa sits with her apparently sleeping friend. But while she's sitting there reading Wuthering Heights, Jessica sits up suddenly and starts reading the book while her back is turned to her friend, while Teresa, while her back is turned to Teresa, so she can read what's on the page without seeing it. And of course, her voice is getting more and more demonic sounding. Now, this is a direct callback to the first appearance of the Deadites. Do you remember okay. this? No, I don't. Okay, so in the very first Evil Dead movie, they two girls there, Linda and whoever, I can't remember her name, two of the girls are doing like they're holding up playing cards one of them's holding up playing cards and the other one is trying to guess what it is and the girl at the window and i god i can't why can't i remember these names but the girl at the window is looking out the window not even looking at the cards and she's predicting what the card's going to be as it's being pulled hmm. out and then when she turns around she's a deadite this is a direct callback uh, to the original okay. evil dead okay it's it's basically this is how we get the introduction to these deadites 
is the same way we did in the first movie. So automatically I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> so Jessica attacks and scalps Teresa, who then escapes and runs to the dock near the cabin where her friend Caleb is flying his drone. Jessica follows Teresa and then tackles Caleb into the lake and tosses his severed head at Teresa on the dock before rising from the lake and hovering above it. That was a really cool opening. I don't, what's that called when it's just a still screen like that? Because they put the name of the movie with her like... Oh, title screen? Yeah, the title yeah. screen. I really like that because it yeah. was a neat visual. She's like hovering in the air with the, the yeah, title. She's literally the rising from the lake. Yeah. Will that rise? Yeah. yeah, that was that was neat. I like mm-hmm. that. This was also a very gory opening. Oh, yeah. So I knew right off the bat, I'm like, ooh, boy. <laughs> it set the stage really, but really well. Evil Dead is known for lots of blood. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah, you could say that. I mean, um, for someone who I, I don't typically like overly bloody movies, mm-hmm. but like with the Evil Dead series, there was lots of blood in there. But it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's just that comedy horror thing. So it doesn't bother me as much. Right. So I was a little nervous right away because I'm like, oh, boy, because <laughs> I kind of got right from the beginning. This isn't going to be a comedy horror. I think we're just going straight horror on this one. Yeah. Yeah. They took the comedy stuff out of this. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot there is actually another callback that precedes even the first one that I mentioned. The first shot we're treated to is very similar to the way that the deadites moved in the woods in the first movie was this camera running through the woods and running yeah. over the water yeah it's like the first eye yeah first person perspective first person. of the yeah, deadite and <laughs> the but it turns view. out of course it turns <laughs> out to be the drone that this Caleb yeah. kid is flying around yeah. but but that's another callback that's another thing that they just tossed in there and i mean people that are keen on these movies are going to pick up on this. Like you said, casual viewers, they're not going to know what that's about, but they're still going to be, you know, impressed with it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we get that later too when the, the are they demons? demons. They're deadites. Deadites? Well, when, so when the deadites going after Ellie in the elevator, we get oh, that yeah. there too. So yep. we do see this in various parts through the movie when, yep. when the other deadites are coming out. So Very true, very true, very true. So one day earlier, however, we get to meet Ellie, who is a single mom to aspiring DJ Danny, activist Bridget, and horror-obsessed Cassie. Uh, Ellie's husband has recently abandoned the family, and they are dealing with the fallout when Ellie's roadie sister, Beth, shows up to talk to her. Uh, Beth is secretly pregnant, and she wants her family's support. But her life as a roadie has kept her out of the loop of her sister's life, so she's unaware that Ellie's husband had left. Even though Ellie had kind of left her a message a while ago when it happened, and Beth just never heard it or never paid attention to it. Whatever the reason, she didn't know. Mm -hmm. So Ellie wants to kind of have it out with her sister a little bit about it, so she sends the kids to pick up pizza. And uh, while the kids are gone, more specifically, when the kids get back, once they finally get back, there's an earthquake, the aforementioned earthquake, the one that you were talking about early, earlier, that rocks the apartment building and opens up a hole in the basement. And the kids discover the bank upon which this building was constructed. 
dumb kids don't go down there there was just an earthquake <laughs> stuff could collapse well it was come just on. the one kid wasn't it wasn't it just danny that went it down it was there and the other one like... was trying to get him to come back yeah. up but still it's like come on right yeah but inside the vault danny discovers old records and a book that looks like it's bound in human flesh i wonder what that could be <laughs> it's never a good sign when the book you're looking at is bound in human flesh my <laughs> god people not. That right the look, that is a telltale sign. That's one of those things that you, if you find a book that is bound in what seems to be human flesh. Or flesh of any kind, really. Yeah, well, okay, leather. You know what? That's right. Yeah, leather okay, is so, flesh, I guess. I Never mean, mind. <laughs> I'm just going to say human flesh (laughs) (laughs) because that's the one that i'm really worried about pig flesh if there's pig deadites and they're just going to attack pigs whatever go ahead you know it's fine so if it's bound in pig flesh whatever yeah but what if the pig deadite tries to get into you then what are you gonna that would be bad apparently i'll just roll around in shit for a while because that's what pigs do right i don't know I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, but so, like my advice to anybody who picks up a book that looks like it's bound in human flesh is put the book down and step away from the human flesh. Whatever you book. do, don't read from it. Definitely don't read from it. <laughs> but always remember, Klaatu Barada Nikto. So, that's from me, Army of Darkness. Anyway, <laughs> so they find this stuff. Danny, Danny smuggles it all back in his backpack, and they head back up the elevator they get yelled at by their mom you're not supposed to use the elevator but the stairs are out so that's why they're not able to go up the stairs danny later plays the record the second of them reads aloud from the necronomicon ex mortis the book of the dead that's the book that book also opens when danny cuts his finger on the looks like teeth like a venus flytrap contraption on the side of it and he drips blood onto the book, and that's what opens it up. And inside he sees horrifying images of Kandarian demons and their followers. While all this is going on, Ellie, who I think was going to do laundry, but I'm not 100% sure, where was she going? Do you I remember? think it was to do laundry, okay. but it was like in a box? It looked like it was a box that she was carrying, not yeah. really a laundry basket. But Although, wait, no, they were moving. Remember, they had to move because the yeah. building was going to be torn down the next day. So she's not so going to do laundry. Box, she's yeah. moving stuff down to the probably the car or something, right? But she gets in the elevator because I'm guessing she thought, well, the kids were fine. I'll be fine, too. Mm-hmm. She gets in the elevator and then she gets trapped in there. And all of the cables in the ceiling come alive and they grab her. And it's at this point that I thought she was going to get raped by the elevator like the girl in the first movie gets raped by the I was tree. a little concerned too. Yeah. Because they got her strung up pretty damn good. But they still get into her. But we have another callback with yeah. how it looks like, you know, because it's not trees this time. It's, it's the elevator cords mm-hmm. uh, kind of pulling at her like they did in the first one and then i believe there's another one that the 2013 2013 yeah yeah they kind of spread eagle spritter eagle and then do their thing so by this point ellie is possessed by the deadites she returns to the apartment and then meanders into the kitchen and proceeds to cook what may be the most disgusting omelet ever seen while describing to her children how she will cut them open and crawl inside of them yeah Hi, Mom. What are you doing? (laughs) 
Then she attacks the kids and she vomits all over the floor before begging Beth to stop the demons inside her from taking her children. And then she collapses and dies. Beth then enlists the help of neighbors Mr. Fonda and Gabriel, who help her get Ellie into bed and then try to find a way out of the apartment to a fire escape that's in a in a one of the apartments that's condemned and locked up. I thought something more was going to come from that apartment building or that room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they do try and get out later and get attacked by the neighbors, but I, I, I they never actually make it into that room. Do they? No, no, no. Because I think that might have made it a little too easy, getting to the fire escape, getting down, jumping off, taking mm-hmm. off. You know, there was that, just a lot of spent time spent trying to get that lock off that thing, and it really didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I think maybe that's that's by design. Mm-hmm. You know, where like it keeps somebody busy instead of escaping, so that way people can. <laughs> come up and attack them i guess right i feel like in a in a crisis there's two ways that people will react one of them is going to be you're making good decisions the other one's going to be you're making bad decisions obviously trying to get into this door and get into the get into the apartment that can get to the fire escape is a bad decision because it's taking too much time Mm -hmm. but she didn't i mean beth didn't see it as that she saw it as i don't have any other choice how the hell am i going to get down from here you know Mm -hmm. Right. While Fonda and Gabriel are out of the apartment, Ellie comes back to life. But she's burning up, so Beth and the kids get her into the tub, and they try to fill it with ice, but dead-eyed Ellie attacks them. And she uh, she screams obscenities at the kids. She ends up cornering Bridget and using a tattoo gun. Mm -hmm. Is that a tattoo gun? Is that what that is? Yeah. To basically, like, try and cut her face open. And she manages to cut the kid. But then they end up managing to trap Ellie out in the hallway with the neighbors. How kind of them. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, well, but I mean, what other thing, what else were they going to do, right? Yeah. They, I guess the neighbors could probably have run to their apartments. They didn't make it very far because yeah. Ellie starts to rip them apart. She rips out one of the guy's eyes, eviscerates this other two kids that were like buddies that were trying to get Bridget to watch Nightmare on Elm Street movies, mm-hmm. disembowels one of them. And uh, once they're all dead, she starts to try getting back into the apartment. She does everything she can to try and get into this apartment, including, like, entice the kids and banging on the door, trying to force her way in, everything. Now, this was... I like how they shot this. We saw everything through the peephole of the door. Yeah. So it was kind of almost like a fisheye lens type yes. of thing. Yeah. It. I, I thought that was so cool. It was very creepy, too. Very effective, um, yeah. I, I liked it. That was that was cool. Yeah, and, and there was blood kind of on the lens of the of the people, too, mm-hmm. so that you could, like, like, some of it was obscured, and you could almost make out what was going on with one of them, but you're like, I don't know if I want to, mm-hmm. but I'm going to look anyway, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely an effective tool, mm-hmm. I thought, so... Meanwhile, Bridget's wound has started to ooze black fluid, which eventually starts seeping out of every orifice as she is possessed by the deadites as well. Yeah. And then Beth finds her eating glass in the kitchen. She's literally chewing on a wine glass Mm -hmm. in a scene that made me cringe. Yeah. 
she's swallowing it and then they're showing the glass going down her throat and yeah. poking out of her flesh as it's going down. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. The next Woo. the the next thing that happens. Oh, here. when when she when she goes after Bridget, Bridget goes after, excuse me, Beth. And she grabs a cheese grater. Oh, I couldn't even watch the screen. I had to look away. And she scrapes it across her leg. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, God. As soon as she grabbed the cheese grater, I heard you go, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I knew it was coming, too, but I wasn't going to turn away. I paid my $9.50, and I'm watching this fucking movie. Oh, no, I looked away. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. So then she goes after the other kids, and she ends up getting killed by Cassie. She gets impaled on the broken broom handle slash doll that Cassie was carrying around and calling Stephanie. Now, I have a wonderful story about Stephanie. Let's hear it. So this this doll was actually inspired by Lee Cronin's, I believe it was his niece, he said she's into the horror movie thing. And when she was about nine years old, she made a Stephanie. And <laughs> so awesome. he he brought that into the movie. So, so. He call, she called it Stephanie? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Now now, he, now he's the cool uncle, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, she's like watching it and going, holy shit, he put Stephanie <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Kid's going to want royalties and shit too. <laughs> it's like, look, you're cool and everything, but I want my money. Where's my money? So with apparently with Bridget apparently dead, Danny comes clean to Beth about you know the whole reading from the Book of the Dead thing, and Beth listens to the recordings, but she starts from the other end. She starts with the third record, and she hears the priest who made the the recordings talk about how to dispose of deadites, bodily dismemberment. Of course, that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. While Beth is listening to the recordings, Ellie finds her way back into the apartment through the air vents. What a great, like. This was so creepy. So creepy. You see it in the background (laughs) and you can see her crawling down and it's like the hairs just stand up on the back of your neck. Oh God, this is so creepy. (laughs) Yeah. What I love about that is it's, they do it in a lot of movies. uh, This is not something that's new, Mm -hmm. but. This was very effective. I know when I when it when she first started coming out of there, I kind of like like started a little bit. I didn't jump. It wasn't like scary. I was like, "Whoa, wait!" I just noticed that. How long has she been doing that? You know, like mm-hmm. like you just catch it out of the corner of your eye because it, the 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 way that it was shot, sh- like Beth is straight center, which puts your attention straight on her, mm-hmm. and the, the it's all background. Blurry, Ellie is fuzzy. Ellie is peripheral. Yeah. So, like, you don't notice it at first, but then as soon as you do, you're like, whoa, whoa, what's this? What's going on? <laughs> so, very well done. I enjoyed that. It's good. It's good when you can get a little bit of a jump scare in there, too, right? Like, that's that's good stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> While Ellie is attacking Beth, a resurrected Bridget attacks Danny and kills him. And then Beth is like, all right, fuck this. I'm getting me and Cassie out of the building. We're getting out of here somehow. They escape the apartment and try to get to the fire escape, but they're the victims that are still in the hallway go after her. And then they run into the they run into the elevator where they get trapped. And while they're trapped in there, th- the three relatives, Ellie, Danny, and Bridget, 
form like this spider-like deadite that's called the Marauder, I guess. Yeah. And I can't remember, but do the other neighbors get involved in that too? Are they all like sucked into this whole I thing? I think so. It was one of the pictures in the book. Yeah. Yeah. They and flash back to the book. Yeah. When you, yeah. It's, so it's like, it's like all of those kind of mush together and form yeah. this thing. Yeah. Like the, different body parts, right? It was like the yeah. different body parts of yeah. the different people. And, yeah. 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 And with Beth and Cassie trapped in the elevator, the elevator car starts filling with blood. And then the monster jumps on top of the elevator. And all of that weight is just way too much for the elevator cables, and they just plummet down to the bottom. And the doors blow off and spill the girls and the car full of blood out into the basement parking area. Beth and Cassie try to avoid the monster, the marauder, deadite, but it knows that they're there. And so they're trying to do this thing where they're going around the car as it's coming around the car. Mm -hmm. And so the marauder tries to take Cassie's head off, but Beth distracts it. And then she and Cassie manage to get this beastie into a wood chipper, but she has to use the chainsaw to do it. So she's mm-hmm. doing now. That's total Evil Dead from the original, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's, this is before Evil Dead Two is where Ash gets the chainsaw on his hand okay. or on, where's, yep. on his stump, I guess. But the original Evil Dead, he just uses a chainsaw, and <laughs> so she. Uses the chainsaw to force the deadite spider into the wood chipper, which shoots fountains of blood everywhere in the basement. And there's a, a short, a quick moment where all you got left is Ellie's head. And Beth is confronted with the idea that she's going to kill her sister. But she says, like, basically, it's basically like, fuck it. And she just throws the head in and boom, that's done. And that's that's it, right? Like mm-hmm. they take off, they're they they're free, but it's not it. It's not it. It's not it because the next day, Jessica, from the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. she is seen leaving the apartment via the basement garage, and she gets attacked and possessed by the deadites. So that's how that all happened. And then we're back to the beginning and of then the we're movie. Back to the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Boom, and that's it. That's Evil Dead. Evil Dead Rise, I should say. Yeah. That is. So there mm-hmm. was a few references in here to The Shining. Yes. Uh, you mean like the elevator pouring blood yep. out of it? Yeah. Yep. That, so um... that's the main one. Uh-huh. That's the main one. But there is also a shot where the mom is poking her head through the door. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. I didn't catch that at like first, Jack but you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I thought for sure that the Deadites were going to possess Beth's baby. I thought something was going to happen there, too, yeah. But all they did was tease it. Yeah. Now, this is not a movie that shies away from killing kids. Right. There are at least four kids that die in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's the two in the hall, or were there three in the hall? Mm, I don't remember now. Okay, so we'll say four because there. I think there were two in the hallway. There were because there were two friends that came over, and then there was Bridget, and then there was Danny. None of them are over the age of seventeen. Those are kids. They murdered a bunch of kids in this movie. They did. They stopped short of an abortion story. 
Right. Yeah. So they stopped short of doing that. And I don't know if that was motivated by anything or just that's not where the story decided to go for them. Yeah, it might not be where they were heading. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. I was desperate to figure out why we got that prologue. But by the end of it, I was like, oh, Made okay. sense. It made sense by the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you, okay, so there was, there was a scene where the guy gets his eye, like, chewed out. Mm-hmm. And then she spits the eyeball into somebody, into the other guy's mouth, which is like yeah. straight out of the original Evil Dead or second uh, Evil Dead 2. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is an Evil Dead movie. <laughs> See, I don't remember that. So I, I missed that. Yep. Might have to be on our Halloween watch list this year. You know what? I would not argue with that at all. I, what I thought was cool about this is this kind of, it had a very 80s feel to it in that. This felt like an 80s sequel. Like Poltergeist 3 was, they took Carol Ann out of the, out of the suburbs and brought her to Chicago. And it all happens in like a high rise in Chicago, right? And then in this, in in this analogy, the Deadites are Carol Ann. (laughs) (laughs) They brought Carol Ann from the woods to the big city. So it felt very 80s to me. <laughs> okay. Felt very 80s to me. Yeah. So what what else do you have for like references and any other like Yeah, stuff I've got that a few things. I got a few things here. Okay. So Lee Cronin revealed in an interview that all the act, all the characters names were after actors and characters that are previously in Evil Dead movies and oh, series. Okay. So he's kind of linked everything back. The pizza place on the pizza box is Henrietta's. This oh. is a reference to Henrietta Nobi, the demon yeah. in the basement in Evil Dead 2. Yeah. There are a few sayings that happened through the movie that actually were in other movies. You Ooh. did mention the one. Dead by Dawn. Yep. Dead by Dawn and mm-hmm. I'll Swallow Your Soul. Swallow Your Soul. Come uh, Get Some. Come Get Some is yep. the other one. Yep. Yep. This movie was shot in chronological order. I love it when they do that. So I love not, it when they do that yeah, because not a lot it gives of a little can bit do of a, that, but yeah. they did it here. I feel like I feel like when you if you're able to do something like that, you can give it a a natural feel to the actor's performances. Like it lends itself a little bit more <laughs> naturally because they're they're able to flow with the story instead of jumping back and forth between, you know, like, oh, this is what's going on now right. and this is As what's going on. As things now, so. progress and the deadite gets more aggressive you're kind of going with it then right, instead of right. all of a sudden going back and, oh, this is now mom again. Yeah. Like, oh, so, like as a former actor, I mean, that feels to me like that would be the way that I would prefer to do a movie if I were to ever do a movie. Right. I would guess most people would think the same way, but. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. I have a question for you. Just yeah. a theory out there. Okay. Bruce Campbell is the voice that says destroyed. It's called the Book of the Dead for a reason. Right. And this is this pastor recording from way back when. Do you think this is the time travel that he went back and was a pastor back here? Because time travel happened in Army of Darkness, was it? Yeah. Well, it happened at the end of Evil Dead 2. And he traveled back and he traveled back to the present at the end of Army of Darkness. Was there an element of time travel in Ash versus the Evil Dead? I don't remember. I, I gotta go back and I've rewatch that. that. Yeah. I, I gotta go back and rewatch that because I think 
I feel like there was. I don't know that this is necessarily time travel there. I think that people might be reaching a little bit when they have that, that theory. I don't there. think it is either. Yeah. But. That's just something that people are floating. It's just an interesting just thought like, okay, well, yeah. I suppose they could play with something there. But I really think they just had him in there just he's because Bruce it's Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. I mean, he is part of the franchise. He is mm-hmm. the franchise, really. Yeah. When you think about it, he's the only actor that came out of the original two movies. And continued on and had like a career like he's had, you know? Yeah. Yep. All right. That's no, all I that's have. That's all you got? That's okay. All, I have. all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Then I guess we'll do our thing. What, how do you rank this? Keep Rent or Erase and why? I'm going to keep this one. I enjoyed it. I do tend to like these Evil Dead movies, even though some of them I think are a little cheesy, but I still like them. This was really creepy to me. I had a hard time getting to sleep that night. So we watched this movie. When we, you usually kind of go do your thing and I go to Mm -hmm. bed because you like to stay up later than I do. Well, yeah, you go to bed at like 8.30. I do not. I go to bed (laughs) 9, 10 o'clock. And it took me a while to get to sleep because I kept rolling this around. Because the mom, she's doing these things with her body, like she's contorting in different ways. And I don't know if it was this actress or if there was a stunt double or a little bit of both. But whatever it was, they did a good job because the crawling around on the floor and on the walls, that creeps me out. Anytime that's happening in a movie, I... That just freaks me out. That's not normal. Don't do that. Real quick, have you seen the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose? I have not. Jennifer Carpenter. I think that was. I think that was her first movie. I and I think they got her onto that movie, or they cast her in that movie because she could do the weird contortionist shit. Okay. That she has to do in this movie. Okay. Now I think I wonder if this actress. Is the same way. Not not that she got the job because of that, but I wonder if like that was just a bonus, right? Like you said, because right. just helps. it lends a little realism to it if you can, you know. Yeah. So I thought it. I thought it was very creepy. I liked the story. I liked that it continues in the same world, but we're getting a new story out of it. Yeah. I think we're getting scarier deadites out of this one than some of the other ones. I would say go back and rewatch 2013 because holy shit. <laughs> See, I'm wondering if I haven't seen that one. Okay. But the makeup I thought was great on the deadites. The special effects were enjoyable. I mean, always special effects are kind of goofy sometimes, but I thought they were great. I thought they were fine in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have any issues with those. I really enjoyed this movie, and I will watch this again. So I'm going to put it on the keep shelf. How about you? For me, this is definitely a keep. It felt Evil Dead enough. I mean, it felt like an Evil Dead movie. This is this is good. This was a good Evil Dead flick. I do, like you said, I like that... We're getting to, with this and with the 2013 movie, we're getting to see what exactly they were talking about in Army of Darkness, about there being multiple Necronomicons out there. And now we get to see. And I like this theory that we have. And I don't know if it's our theory, if it's just something that we came across, but this theory that 
they have different personalities. That is from Lee Cronin. So Lee Cronin said that's why the Evil Dead, the Deadites in this movie are different than the Deadites in 2013. Mm -hmm. That was in an interview I watched. I love that. I Mm -hmm. love that because it it allows for something that is as campy as Army of Darkness to exist in the same world as 2013 Evil Dead and this Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love that. And I think this is a great, like sitting here and watching this movie in the theater, I was brought back to my living room in twenty or in nineteen eighty six, watching the original Evil Dead on VHS tape. That's where I was, <laughs> and it wasn't all about like the callbacks. It was the fact that blood was literally splattering everywhere and crazy shit was happening, and I love it for that. So this is definitely a keep, no question about it at all. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we do this? Should we revisit the other Evil Dead movies at some point? Oh, I think so. Like, should we Should we maybe... Because we've been talking about doing, like, little mini-series that we would have on maybe some sort of a separate server. Little little preview for customers here. Or not customers, previews for our listeners here. Maybe we can do an Evil Dead series at some point. Talk about Probably the Evil could. Dead movies. Probably could. Yeah, maybe. That might be fun. That might be. We could even do Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, I would love that. We could do season by season. We wouldn't have to yeah. do like episode by episode. We could do season by yeah. season. Watch, yeah. watch one season, talk about it, watch another mm-hmm. one, talk about it, watch the other one, talk about it. I, I really enjoyed that show. That was great. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. So. That 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 house at, at Halloween, Halloween Horror Nights that year that they had that, mm-hmm. it wasn't a scary house at all, but walking through it, you're like, oh my God, it's Ash. Oh my God, it's Pedro. Oh my God. Like like that was, to me, like that was, that was one of those like, moments like american werewolf in london house yeah. the same thing you know yeah all right cool well let's uh, close the book <laughs> oh wait you know what i had this question i was thinking about this where's that book it's, Where? in, the ho- it's in the apartment still it's in the apartment building the book and the records are in the apartment building mm-hmm. i'm guessing that's where we're going to get this next movie some cop or firefighter or something is going to be there rescuing something and they're going to find it right and it's going to be on again <laughs> all right it so will be. so what are we doing next then all right next week we vi- revisit our be kind rewind series excellent and next up is the 1993 movie jurassic park jurassic park okay so little tiny bit of info I'm going to save the good stuff for later. But when Jurassic Park, the movie, came out, I was working in a bookstore, Barnes & Noble, in the Dover Mall. And I remember that book being all the rage. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody loved it. I brought it home. I I bought a copy, and I brought it home, and I read it, and I loved it. And that's why I went and saw the movie. Besides the fact that it's a Steven Spielberg movie, that's why I went and saw the movie, but... So I read the book before I saw the movie for the first time in, I think, my entire life. That's what happened. Hmm. That was the first time I ever did that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Next week, right here on the couch, we have a T-Rex. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at a view from the couch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, 
Please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.